You're listening to the Living Presence Podcast, exploring faith, meeting the world, from East Gwillimbury, Ontario. Welcome to the Living Presence Podcast for Monday, August 26th. My name is Brianne Swan, and I am the Community Minister with the Living Presence Ministry, an emergent community ministry of the United Church of Canada in East Gwillimbury, Ontario, where we serve with gratitude upon the traditional territory of the Anishinaabeg, Haudenosaunee, Chippewa, and Wendat peoples. Friends, It has been so long, and I hope that you have all been having a rejuvenating summer with friends, family, or whatever it is that feeds your soul. I've recently returned from a two-week stay in British Columbia, first on Vancouver Island with my husband's family, and then in Vancouver as part of a gathering of the Diakonia of the Americas and Caribbean. At one point early in the conference, I was introducing myself, and the woman I was speaking to lit up and said, Oh, you do that podcast. And it was pretty cool for me, because as I've mentioned before, I'm usually recording this thing super late at night, like it's one in the morning right now. And I'm always wondering if anybody's going to listen And so I'm usually pretty delighted to find out that these late-night musings are finding ears to hear them. So we'll be having a slightly shorter episode this week to kick us off into a new season. And the reflection is based upon a sermon I offered to Sharon Hope United Church on August 25th, which was a reworking of another talk I gave to Emmanuel College one of the United Church of Canada seminaries, last January. We'll be taking a look at the phenomena of being called by God, first with a reading from the book of Jeremiah. I'll be talking a bit about my call towards ministry with the United Church. And then we'll talk a bit about what and how the Church is called to be in the world. We'll touch a bit on that call with a piece of music based upon the words of another prophet, Isaiah, sung by the Metropolitan United Church Choir. And then we'll have more music by British singer-songwriter Yusuf, also known as Cat Stevens, and a reading from A Song of Faith, which is a 2006 faith statement from the United Church of Canada. But first... We have Helplessness Blues by the Fleet Foxes from their 2011 album, also called Helplessness Blues. You can find the Fleet Foxes at www.fleetfoxes.co or anywhere else you are able to stream or purchase music. I was raised up believing I was son. 
like a snowflake, distinct among snowflakes, unique in each way you can see. And now after some thinking, I'd say I'd rather be a functioning cog in some great machinery, serving something beyond me. But I don't.
A reading from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you, and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant.
That was a paraphrase of Isaiah chapter 58, sung by the choir at Metropolitan United Church in Toronto. But first, let's talk about Jeremiah. Poor Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I used to get all warm and mushy when I heard these words. It's comforting to feel so known, to be so cherished. But this is not just a warm and fuzzy passage. This is a story of a call. There is doubt, there is hesitation, and there is angst. But as Dave Pilkey is fond of saying in his Captain Underpants books, before we get to that story, first I need to tell you this story. And this story starts more than three years ago. I was sitting comfortably on the couch in our Toronto home, watching Paw Patrol deep into the night with a sick baby while surfing on my laptop. There was a job posting for a position in a new pioneer ministry that was being developed in East Gwillimbury. The vision was a mixed economy approach to ministry, where five local United Church congregations could be strengthened alongside one another, while a new community minister would be placed in one of the new housing developments. Sound familiar? If you've been listening to this podcast for some time, you will know the spiel by now. But if you are new to the show, here is the Reader's Digest condensed version. Our former presbytery noticed that East Gwillimbury was about to undergo a massive population shift, and there were questions about how the church should respond. So, in the way that Jesus lived and breathed in and with and among his people, the concept of the community minister emerged as a way to get to know new residents as their neighbor first, being curious about their hopes and dreams for their new home, assessing gaps, and filling needs where appropriate. Then, through the relationships built over time, the community ministry would invite neighbors into conversations about God and about the Spirit. Instead of inviting people to come to church, Living Presence Ministry was bringing the church out into the neighborhood. And three years ago, reading all of this, I was moved. It was brave. It was so brave that I started thinking about how cool it would feel to be a part of it. But I wasn't a minister. Not only was I not a minister, but I wasn't even an inquirer, which is a churchy term for someone who is trying to discern whether ministry is the right path for them. I wasn't even looking for a job. I was studying to be a psychotherapist, and I was deep into the Gospels of Freud, Jung, Rogers, and Winnicott. I was definitely not a minister. It wasn't even on my radar. So even though 
I could suddenly feel my heart burning with possibility. I sounded a little bit like our friend Jeremiah. Nope, not me. I don't know anything about ministry. So I didn't apply. I closed my laptop. I put the baby in his bed. And I went to sleep. Eventually, because that fire made it difficult for me to turn my brain off. And looking back, I realize it was the beginning. God had placed a call upon my heart. Four months later, I was on that same website again. And the pioneer ministry position had been reposted. Once again, I was moved by the project. Once again, I was struck by how this was the bravest thing I'd seen the United Church attempt in years. And once again, something tweaked inside of me. So I figured, well, the worst they could say was no. I fully expected a no. I was after all, not a minister. Spoiler alert, they didn't say no. And one day in October, my husband came home from work to a welcome of, guess what? We're moving. And now we live in a house owned by the United Church, which hosts potluck dinners and playgroups, liturgies and community meetings. There's a neighborhood food pantry in our basement. It is a place for prayer and gathering. I am recording the Living Presence podcast from this house right now. The borough, as we call our home, is a very busy place. And even though we have a lot of programming... Most of the time, I'm kind of just around. I drink a lot of coffee. I talk with a lot of people. Just being around and available and authentic. That is the bulk of my work. I pray, head into the day, try to keep a handle on my caffeine intake, listen with curiosity, and then pray again for the best. But sometimes, sometimes this ministry isn't lollipops and sunshine. Everybody knows where I live, and it's not unheard of to have people show up in the middle of the night. There's the skepticism of a population, many of whom have been harmed by the church. And there's the backlash from those who don't like what we have to say. Living Presence, and I personally, were targeted and harassed by a local politician who took exception to being publicly called out for her racist and xenophobic comments and behavior. It was raw, and it was frightening. Do not say, I am only a boy. For you shall go out to all to whom I send you, 
and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am here to deliver you. In our passage from Jeremiah today, our protagonist is worried and fearful. I do not know how to speak. I am only a boy. But Jeremiah's agenda seems somewhat irrelevant. Only God's direction and words matter here. I get asked to speak at various gatherings about living presence quite a bit, and I'm always nervous when I'm asked to comment on new ministry. I get nervous because sometimes we interpret new as better, or some comments that what has come before has been the wrong thing. Or that if I'm going to talk about the possibilities held in different approaches to ministering alongside God's people, that somehow this is a commentary that all of the years and collected wisdom from our congregations and denomination is irrelevant, broken, or obsolete. And this is simply not true. The old and the new are always a part of the one. They are inseparable, otherwise both will flounder. So it's always important for me that congregations I speak with know I value them, and all I have learned from being formed within traditional church congregations. But I do wonder if mainline Protestant congregations in general have an unrealistic and problematic expectation of comfort. I'm not old enough to remember the full Sunday schools and bank accounts that churches enjoyed 50 years ago, but many congregants do. And there is an expectation that this is what the church should be trying to get back. We want to go back to the good times. Of course we do. We were comfortable then. But comfort is a remarkable expectation for followers of a man tortured in a state-sanctioned execution. So I'm not sure God cares much about our institutional comfort. Jeremiah. Poor Jeremiah. God is not calling this boy to an easy, comfortable life. This is a book of disaster literature written for the survivors of war, exile, pain, and trauma. There is nothing comfortable about Jeremiah's call. And there is nothing foreshadowing that anything is going to be easy. Listen to the verbs at the end of the passage, plucking, pulling, destruction, and ousting. But there is also building. There is planting. The dismantling is not indiscriminate. This is not burn it all down. Tear down that which is harmful, that which is no longer useful, 
that which does not lead towards God's purpose, leaving room for something more. Like Jeremiah, the church is called to purpose, not an easy, comfortable existence. I wonder if the church has some work to do about naming our purpose before expending so many resources in an attempt to simply maintain our survival. Isaiah names one part of this purpose quite plainly, and we heard it in the song earlier. When we feed the soul who's hollow, when we bear the outcast home, then our light will rent from the darkness, and our healing swiftly come. Today, which is August 25th, I had an opportunity to thank the people of Sharon Hope United Church. They are part of Living Presence Ministry, so they have also been a part of tending to souls yearning to figure out what more there is to this beautiful, broken, messy life. They have been a part of quite literally sometimes feeding and housing outcasts. And I've been so grateful to our steering committee, our region, and our partner congregations that unlike the Pharisees, who knew healing and loving needed to take place but were keen to keep things safe, to be comfortable, Living Presence has been afforded the opportunity to take some risks, to stretch the boundaries of what outreach and mission can look like. And so I am grateful, looking around the community when we gather, I can see that the risk is starting to pay off. It's still not particularly comfortable, but meeting people authentically and passionately rarely is. And the part of the story which I left out of my talk at Sharon Hope this morning is that I am now a candidate for ordered ministry with the United Church of Canada. Specifically, a candidate for diaconal ministry, which I look forward to talking about in greater detail in a future podcast. It is a stream of ministry dedicated to education, service, social justice, and spiritual care. I attend school at the Center for Christian Studies in Winnipeg and, knock wood, hope to be commissioned in May of 2021. I would not say ministry formation has been comfortable, but it has been transformative. And it started in the middle of the night with a sick baby watching Paw Patrol. It started when I wasn't looking for it. It started when God placed a call upon my heart. This is the story of call. The call of a prophet, the call of a minister, the call of the church. There's been doubt, there's been hesitation, and there's been angst. There may be plucking, 
there may be pulling, and there may even be some destruction. But for our church communities to live and to breathe their purpose, we need to let go of the idea that things should be comfortable. I am trying to let go of the idea that things should be comfortable. However, though we may not be comfortable, we are also not alone. Do not be afraid, says God, for I am with you. May it be so.
a selection from A Song of Faith. We sing of a church seeking to continue the story of Jesus by embodying Christ's presence in the world. We are called together by Christ as a community of broken but hopeful believers, loving what he loved, living what he taught, striving to be faithful servants of God in our time and place. Our ancestors in faith bequeathed to us experiences of their faithful living. Upon their lives, our lives are built. Our living of the gospel makes us a part of this communion of saints, experiencing the fulfillment of God's reign, even as we actively anticipate a new heaven and a new earth. The church has not always lived up to its vision. It requires the spirit to reorient it, helping it to live an emerging faith while honoring tradition, challenging it to live by grace rather than entitlement, for we are called to be a blessing to the earth. We sing of God's good news lived out, a church with purpose. Faith nurtured and hearts comforted, gifts shared for the good of all, resistance to the forces that exploit and marginalize, fierce love in the face of violence, human dignity defended, members of a community held and inspired by God, corrected and comforted, an instrument of the loving spirit of Christ, creation's mending. We sing of God's mission. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Next week, we'll hear about Jesus giving instructions about where to sit at a wedding banquet. Kind of sounding a bit like a Dear Abby column. We'll have more words and music, but until then, take care of yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time. podcast is brought to you by the Living Presence Ministry, a community ministry of the United Church of Canada. You can find us online at www.livingpresenceministry.org.